more than 100 unique styles of beer, each with their own set of ingredients, process, guidelines, history, and experience. If you're a beer lover, an industry leader, or somewhere in between, a better knowledge of beer style will improve your life and your work. Welcome to A Sense of Beer Style, essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. I'm Julia Herz. And I'm Jeremy Storton. We're advanced Cicerones, beer judges, home brewers, and we're excited to guide you through the vast and wonderful world of beer styles. Welcome, everyone. Hi, Julia. Hello, hello. We decided that we needed to add a new prep episode to the list because we're recording this in fall of 2023, and I don't know about I'm sure you are getting them, Julia. I don't know about the rest of you that are watching or listening to this, but we are elbows deep in fresh hop uh, beer season, and they really are a wonderful thing. So we thought we'd talk a little bit more about the nuances of, you know, fresh hops, you know, what what it means and and where to find them and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, right off the gate, I, I, I want to kind of dive into, you know, people call them fresh hop beers or wet hop beers. And, you know, and that's all fine and dandy. You know, anyone who, who knows will know what, what it is you're talking about. But I would just want to be really clear. When we're talking about wet hops, these are hops that have just come off the bind. They have not been dried. They are indeed, in fact, wet because they still have uh, a lot of their moisture in them. And in fact, if we don't do something with them, either dry them or put them in a boil kettle to make a beer soon, they are going to... Uh, you know, start decomposing to the point where we can't use them anymore. Those are wet hops. Fresh hops, let's just be clear, fresh hops as opposed to old or aged hops. Uh, you know, it can be the hops that just come off the binds and go in the boil kettle, but it can also be that these are hops that have just been processed. They are, uh, you know, current from this year's harvest. They are fresher than last year's harvest and way fresher than two harvests ago. So these are quote unquote fresh hops, but they may have still been processed and dried and baled, uh, but they are typically still going to be uh, uh, full cones. That being said, a lot of people use fresh hops versus wet hops interchangeably. Don't worry too much about the details, but but it's one of those, if you know, you know. If you're in the business, then you know there's a difference between those two terms. Uh, do, you, do you want to add anything to that, Julia? Yeah, I would say that to me, wet hop means unkilned. Yeah. They are undried, yeah. right? And it is a hop hop flower. You will see pictures of hops, if not Google them, or go buy some at a homebrew shop and start brewing with them, yeah. uh, that are... Still very fresh when they're kilned, but their moisture content has been reduced. Mo- most hops that are, are wet hops have give or take 80% moisture content. Then when you kiln a hop, you get it down to less than 12, 10, 8% of moisture content. So that's a big difference. So there's terms we're throwing around here. The focus is wet hops, but then there's also uh, dry hops and there's dry hopping. The process of using hops that you are dry, that you are adding they are dried. Um, they are likely kilned. You can dry hop with wet hops and you add them to your beer. These are, uh, that's a, that's a technique in a separate process. So when you get a wet hop or a fresh hop, another term, Jeremy talked about that. It is a little bit of a moving target and many people do have different definitions, definitions. And the key is, is that wet hops means unkilned. 
Yeah. Uh, if you want to get into the minutiae, if you want, if you want to talk to a brewer and sound like you know what you're talking about, uh, or join a homebrew club and, and know what you're talking about, there's a difference. Um, so, uh, the other thing I want to bring up too, is, you know, much like, much like wine, uh, the harvest comes once per year in the fall. And so hops are very much the same way. And in fact, they're harvested, uh, right around the same time as wine grapes. Uh, and that's, you know, dependent on Northern hemisphere, Southern hemisphere in, in the Northern hemisphere. It really is, you know, let's just for simplicity, let's just say the beginning of September. But of course, this is like at least a month long process, if not a little bit longer. Um, so let's say September in the Northern hemisphere, beginning of March in the Southern hemisphere, uh, it's right around that time range that, uh, that these are being harvested. And the idea is that we're harvesting these hops, then we're drying these hops so that we can make beer throughout the year. That's like saying, you know, we, we want to make a marinara sauce all year long, but we can only harvest basil in September. So we have to pick the basil. We have to dry the basil and use dried basil the rest of the year. That, that would be the, uh, the comparison I would make. Um, it, but, but that one time a year when the hops are fresh, the hops are wet, then we have an opportunity to brew beer the way nature intended it to get those fresh, wet hops into our beer as soon as possible. And that's the exciting part. Uh, but before we go any further, uh, uh, Julie, do you want to talk about the overview of the hop growing and harvesting process a little bit? Sure. And I do also encourage anyone that's interested, you can grow hops on your own. Uh, yep. You can get rhizomes. Those are the roots of the hops. They commonly take three years to bear fruit, as in the the hops themselves. Uh, but you would plant those and it's kind of cut off from the root bulb. You cover them with with earth and, and make sure you know that they can be rather invasive. If they're happy, they will take over. They're a great thing to put on a trellis or a fence that you want to cover up. And then three years later, you, if you're lucky, you have hops. And, and for example, um, noble hops from uh, Germany and uh, that region of the world, they're mostly fed on rainwater for water. Uh, American hops, which is about 30% of the U.S. world supply for hops, that really depends on irrigation. So some hops, depending on what latitude and longitude you're at, um, will need uh, much more manual watering because you won't have rainfall bringing you what you need. Uh, they are going to, in the spring, show you some chance of life. You're going to get these little shoots. I love to harvest them in the spring because they come back prolifically. And so don't be shy in the spring to cut away your little hop shoots that are less than a foot long. They're not fibrous yet or ropey, and you can fry them up like asparagus. Yeah, they're incredible. They're wonderful. The, the most yes. expensive vegetable in the world are the hop shoots. I love it. Yes. And you can pickle them. Um, you should know that uh, hops uh, can be toxic to dogs. There's a, an entire condition from that. So be careful there. So in the spring, you get your hop shoots. You you care for them and nurture through the uh, summer. They definitely are prone to blight and um, mites and different types of bacteria and insects. So you want to make sure that you are nurturing uh, the hops to prevent that from happening. And then usually, depending again, what latitude and longitude you're in, you will have your harvesting and a lot of brewers during August and, and September are going to the Pacific Northwest in the U.S., Idaho, Washington, Oregon, for example, to do hop 
um, picking and they will source their hops. They will go right into the fields. At this point in time, they've gone from little shoots to up to 25 feet or, or taller. So they like to have things to climb on. Technically, hops are binds, not vines. There is a difference. And they will wrap their, um, with strigs and little hairs, they will have a very easy way to crawl and climb. Think um, bamboo growing in a, in a rainstorm in a tropical, tropical forest. Hops can act that way and grow that fast. Um, they also have very big leaves. Uh, there's hundreds of varieties of hops. So when you get to harvest time, that one time a year that Jeremy references, you're going to want to go ahead and um, there can be a allergic reaction. They're a little itchy. That's okay. They're, they're related to the nettles family. Um, they're also, you know, related in one form or another to cannabis, but there's no THC or psychoactive agents. So don't overthink that either. But you're going to want to harvest those with gloves on and proper clothing. You might cut down the bind to have it come closer to you or the hops haven't climbed so high that you can't reach all the flowers. You're literally just pulling the flowers off the vines. And then right away, you want to air dry them. Um, homebrewersassociation.org, I just used it this summer, late summer during harvest, has a whole article that's very specific with pictures on how to dry out or kiln with sunshine on um, window screens your your hops. And then two or three days, once they get down from that 80% moisture content to give or take 10 or eight, they're a little bit crunchy, but they're not all, they don't fully snap when you um, go into the hop and uh, uh, kind of twist it to see if the strig, the middle of the hop is going to break. You don't want that. That's too dry. And then you will quickly freeze them. Or because we're talking about wet hopping, uh, you didn't need to dry them in the first place. You just source them and you have a nice kettle over here on the patio or kitchen, in the garage, whatever, waiting for those hops to be added to your beer straight away. Yeah. And, and, and we talked about the, the latitudes. These really hops really grow between the 35 degrees and 55 degrees latitude in the northern and the southern hemisphere. Uh, and when I lived in Oregon, I grew some in my backyard. I lived on the 44th and a half a degree parallel. So it was right in the sweet spot. I made sure they had plenty of water. Uh, I had uh, trellises that went all the way up to uh, about 25 feet and they overgrew that. But, I, you know, when it came time, I would I would cut the bottom. I would I had them on a pulley so I could lay them down. I'd get my kids and 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 create a little uh, 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 a work, a workshop and have my kids help pick them. And I would brew the next day and make some wonderful home brewed um, uh, fresh hot beers. And they were wonderful. Uh, so it's easy to do. Uh, but uh, but if you if you're not going to grow these yourself or brew with these yourself, then yes, then we are getting into the point where you have to either as soon as they're picked, you have to dry them or use them. Otherwise, you're going to lose them, if that makes sense. When we talk about the different different uh, styles that we can see uh, fresh hop beer, they could be anything. I've seen I've seen fresh hop lagers. I've seen fresh hop saisons. It could be anything. Uh, almost anything. I would not expect to see any like Belgian sours or goose or lambic because those distinctly use aged, uh, aged hops. So having a fresh hop goose just it doesn't make sense. But any other any other beer styles that you would use hops in a normal way, you could you could theoretically uh, fresh hop them. Now, the ones we typically see are the ones where we want to showcase the hops. We want the hops in uh, center stage. Those would be the pale ales, the IPAs, hazy IPAs, and having fresh hop version, versions of those are fantastic. Uh, so 
the real, the big question that we haven't even asked yet, but you're probably wondering if you're watching or listening is why on earth would we, would we make a fresh hot beer when we can have beer year round? I'm glad you asked because the flavors that you can get out of this are distinctly different. This is where you can taste the difference between marinara made with dried basil versus fresh basil. And anyone who's ever cooked like that knows there's a difference by using fresh herbs. And the big, the predominant flavor that just smacks me in the in the nose when I drink these is you get this wonderful green chlorophyll fresh uh, flavor that comes from the beer. Uh, you know, imagine picking a, a, some beautiful lettuce at a farmer's market and making a salad that night when it was in the ground yesterday at the longest. And you have this just beautiful, vibrant greens that you're consuming and enjoying, as opposed to that bag of salad that you got a week ago. And you're like, oh, we got to eat this or throw it out. We're talking about the green, fresh, full of life type of stuff. Yeah, like um, things, stuff yeah. out of your pantry that yep. you are pulling that's been in that same jar for two years <laughs> or longer because you don't put a date on it compared to going to your garden and clipping off the same exact herb that you would add to something. Absolutely. Yeah. And But it's interesting though, if, if we were to compare uh, you know, a fresh hop versus dried hop, we get different flavors. If we were to compare uh, early harvest versus late harvest, we get different flavors. And that's really fun for brewers to play with and, and to experiment with to see what can we get out of. Whereas, you know, I was drinking one from uh, Ben the other day and uh, and what is normally kind of a tropical, kind of non-distinct citrus flavor, this fresh hop version that I actually got had this beautiful flavor of kaffir lime, which is almost kind of like just a hint of eucalyptus, a little bit of uh, herbal uh, twigginess to it, and just this beautiful, intense lime flavor that comes through. And that was just this particular hop really wants to manifest in this flavor. But when it's dried, we lose that nuance and, and it becomes a little bit more non-distinct. So you, the flavors you can get out of fresh hops are unlike you can get the rest of the year. Yes. So I, I think that kind of covers it because we want to be high level. Yeah. We could do all different sorts of uh, prepisodes on the terpenes in hops, right? Yeah. The actual vegetal matter in hops and what the chemical compound is there. Um, but think of hops as a winemaker thinks of grapes, but you're not fermenting with it. And they can be uh, sourced and then preserved and used in your beer or used right away. Right away is, is wet hopping. And it's a fun time of year, so seek them out. And don't save them. That's the most important part. Yeah. The whole point of wet hops and the fact that hops are very volatile and very delicate and do um, diminish just like uh, malt in, in bar malted barley in your beer will diminish over time is, is for wet hops, you want to drink them fresh. And so have them fresh on the tap or in the bottle or can that you're getting. But don't feel like you're going to put those at room temp in your pantry and try them six months later and love them. They will diminish and degrade. And so that's really important to remember. Yeah. And, and a couple other things too. If you're a, if you're a beer professional, I'm going to ask you to close your ears. And if you're a beer consumer, I want you to listen up. Okay? I'm going to give you a little secret. You know, we, uh, we will put a drink by date on beers like this for let's say three months because we need to get them on the shelf and we need them to sell. But when we're talking about fresh hot beers, when you taste them and you taste the evolution of their flavor profile, 
their best within a month. After that, they're really starting to head downhill and you need to, you need to drink them extremely fresh for to get that fresh green flavor out of them. The last little thing, and Julia, have you weigh in on this too, but if you live like where Julia lives in Colorado, where I live in the Northwest, where, I mean, I have 30 minutes away. I'm from one of the largest hop fields in the United States. And so I, I am, I'm going to have a excellent supply of fresh hot beers. When I lived in Arizona, you, there were no hop fields nearby. It was just the big uh, craft producers that would put their their fresh hot beers out. So it really is kind of a regional thing. Um, our our good friend uh, Garrett Marrero, I believe, from Maori Brewing, um, actually um, paid the expense to have a bunch of fresh hops shipped out to Hawaii for Maori Brewing to, to do stuff like that. If you if you have a brewer who's willing to do that and create something exceptional. That's fantastic, but it's not going to happen everywhere. So your best bet is to go where the hops are to get the fresh hot beers. Anything you want to add to that, Julia? But just back to, and you can grow them on your own beyond yeah. just brewery sourcing them. But here in Colorado, we have we have uh, wet hop and fresh hop beers being made all the time because brewers are talking to actual hop farmers or growing them themselves at acreage that they've maybe um, sourced and obtained. Uh, so there's all sorts of ways to find these, but it's very special time of year. I think we'll leave it at that. It's almost yeah. like uh, Christmas early for for yeah. beer lovers with uh, wet hop beer. So definitely, if you find yourself a beer enthusiast, this is a bucket list style beer to try every year and um, find the ones you love and encourage the people that are brewing those to make them again next year. Yeah. I, and I love that you said that. This really is the beginning of the holiday season for me because it is the most wonderful time of the year. So yes. And enjoy. then there's always pumpkin beer too. So we could just leave it at that <laughs> and uh, and do another show on that. Thanks for listening yeah. to Sense of Beer Style, y'all. Happy, happy tasting. Cheers. Thank you for listening to A Sense of Beer Style, the essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. With advanced Cicerones, me, Julia. And me, Jeremy. Tune into the next episode as we continue exploring the world of beer styles and what to make of them. We encourage you to listen to the prepisodes to build your foundation and better understand beer styles. And before the next episode, I'd like to ask you to review the show and let us know what you'd like featured in upcoming episodes. Until next time, here's to you and your sense of beer style. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.